Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to a new episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. Uh, this week, my guest is Sue Biddle. Did I actually say your name right? Sue- yep. Okay, that's why that's how I've been saying it in my head. Um, <laughs> You're good. <laughs> so, um, Sue, this is like the first time I've actually like seen you in person. I know, <laughs> <laughs> or as close to person as possible. But like, I um, I comment on your Facebook stuff sometimes. Um, I I work with Sue. This is my preferred title company for Ohio. This is this is the place to go if you're not sure where to go. Honestly, this is the the. This is the title company, right? There's so many that fool around with you and make you jump through hoops. Like this is the one, the no nonsense one. If you do anything creative, they understand it. This is where I always go. Um, so Sue, if you want to add to that intro at all. <laughs> um, Thank you. Um, I've been here 40 years. So hopefully I've seen it all. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I say that and I'll get something really interesting tomorrow, I'm sure. <laughs> So I th- I thought I was thinking about this the other day. Or I think it was one of my students. I had the question, and they're like, "I have a couple questions about the you know title and what happens in the background." And also, I'm working on um, some weird title things in a different state. Um, and you know, with the the quiet title, and I'm like, "I don't understand quiet title." I'll do some googling, and I'm like, "You know what? I bet you Sue knows all this stuff." Yep. So, so <laughs> Unfortunately, it's like you know what the perfect thing, the perfect guest is to get Sue <laughs> over here. And let's just ask her some stuff about title, right? So yes. we came up with some questions and we'll just kind of go through it. And we'll, if we go off tangent, we go off tangent. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so um, I guess we'll just start at the top of the list and we'll see where we go from here. So um, what does the closing process, or sorry, how does the closing process work? Because a lot of people are Canadians. They're used to a completely different closing process. Whenever I say a title company, they're already going, what is a title company? So like, right. <laughs> And we'll go through that a little bit just so everyone understands this. So we do a 42 year search on the title, find out what's been on there for the last 42 years, what liens are still good, what's kind of timed out, um, what needs to be addressed to be able to transfer a clear deed. Um, We prepare all the documents to make sure everything's cleared, any title documents that need to be um, signed by the seller is kind of guarantees. Um, we have an attorney that can prepare the legal documents involved in a car closing, issue all the checks, make sure everybody gets paid, make sure all the money comes in. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a pretty thorough process, right? And, it is. Yes. And for people who are like you know Canadians who've never bought in the U.S., um, like in Canada, we usually are using a lawyer to close this. Um, it's it's the same sort of process, only using a title company in most situations in most states in the U.S. And so. You just mentioned you have an attorney. So attorneys work at all the title companies or have some sort of affiliation. Maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah. In Ohio, title companies are not allowed to prepare documents as far as deeds, notes, mortgages, offer to purchases. So a title company either has to have an in-house attorney, which we do, or at least have an attorney on some type of a retainer that will prepare legal document that needs to be done for a closing. There you go. So I knew there was something there. I know there's there's always somebody there. And even like I've done some closings in other states and I've, you know, a lot of times, depending on the attorney, they have the ability to do other things, right? Sometimes I've had them fix property line issues for me or, you know, draft the documents to fix things. Uh, um, anyway, whatever. Um, <clears throat> so you kind of covered on all the things that you check, right? Is there anything else that gets checked during uh, the closing of a property whenever they send um, it to you? 
We check, um, like if it's an LLC buying or seller, we check that the person signing, we get a copy of their operating agreement or resolution, make sure they've got the authority to sign to either buy or sell on behalf of that entity. Okay. Um, make sure everybody's who they say they are um, yeah. to the best that we can. Yeah, best you can. And you're going to have like, um, like just to verify the actual person, like it depends if you're buying with cash or you're buying with uh, a loan, but you're a lot of times you're using notary anyway, unless you're doing cash. Correct. Um, a buyer on cash, they can sign electronically. Yeah. Um, and because they're paying cash, we figure if they're not the right person, they're not going to be sending the cash. Yeah. You know, why would you pay for somebody else's house? So we don't really usually do driver's license in that case, but for every seller or, or everybody paying, getting a loan, we do verify. Gotcha. And then I uh, like, so for you, whenever um, we go to close this loan, what kind of document should I be sending over to you? Like, so that you can do these checks. Um, to start off, we need the offer to purchase to get us started. Mm -hmm. um, NT, any contact information for any of the parties involved, um, emails and phone numbers. And then if it's an LLC buying or seller, the operating agreement, just so we know who we're dealing with or who we need to. Um, and then we also verify with the state that they're licensed and that they're in good standing with that state. And so you said the parties involved, that would be like lender, purchaser, seller, Correct. Any anything else? Uh, any, any depending on how weird of a transaction. Right. Assigners or joint yeah. ventures or whatever. Yes. Okay. And like with a lot of my properties, I've closed. There's there's been all kinds of delays that close that that come up during these closings. What are the, some of the things you have seen that would make it so a property doesn't close on the intended closing date? Um, one of the most common things we see are state of Ohio or IRS tax liens. Uh, a lot of people don't realize if they don't pay their state taxes or their federal taxes that they they can get a lien against any property they own. And before they can sell that property, those we have to get payoffs on those, and they have to be paid through the closing in order to transfer clear title. So, how does that process work? Do you have to mail away from them? Is it something online? Um, yes, State of Ohio requires a specific form, um, and we send it to the seller or whoever has a state lien. Have them fill it out with their full social. We send it into the state of Ohio with copies of all the liens that we've picked up, and it's a 13 to 15 business day response time before we can get a payoff from the state of Ohio. The majority of time, the payoff is higher than the people thought because even though they're only selling a piece of property in one county, the state wants paid off for everything that's outstanding. All for other properties and other things they have. Yes, we had somebody a couple years ago that tried to close in a property in Butler County, and the lien in Butler County was only for six thousand, but the payoff came in at almost two hundred thousand because they had liens in Hamilton County, and the state of Ohio wanted to get paid. <laughs> so no, that one didn't close. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, oh. that one didn't close. No, it, it'd be tough anyway. You have to have a lot of profit or a lot of equity in that property, um, and so that that's one reason it wouldn't even close. So what? If your title isn't clear, like um, it, what can you be do? It, what can be done if you you don't have a clear title? Um, one, I mean, if you don't have a clear title because somebody still has an interest in the property, um, um, we had one where um, there were like eight heirs, only seven of them signed the deed. The eighth one was missed. Oh, um, if you can't find that eighth person or the person has passed and there was no estate or anything from them, then you have to do the quiet title action. And that's an actual court case where you go in and say, this person still has an interest, we can't find them. You serve their unknown heirs, you wait a certain period of time. If there's no response or no claim, then the courts can say, 
we hereby relinquish their interest in this property. Okay. So what that sounds like it could be a long process in order to go through quiet title. Yeah, anywhere from, depending on who you have to bring in and serve, anywhere from six to six weeks to, it could be six to eight months. Six six weeks? Whew. All right. I got to prepare. I, I'm actually going through, uh, that's one of the reasons I brought this whole thing up because I was going through a quiet feed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on what's involved and who they have to get service on and how long it takes to get service. Because you have to leave, but if you can't find them, you have to give all the notice to all these different locations and just wait. Exactly. And, back. and you can send a, serve them by regular certified mail. Sometimes you have to publish in the newspaper and it has to run for so many weeks. If, because um, in my case, let's so say they, um, what what risks are there to the, the buyer of this property if you're doing a quiet claim? Is it all resolved and closed off? Or if somebody comes back after these dates, do they have any claim to the property? Could you be in trouble later? No, because the, the, the um, judge will grant, will issue a, an answer and say the time has been served. Everybody's been served properly. The time's ran. Um, and it's our opinion that this issue is now resolved and you file a copy of that in the recorder's office. So then you're just as if you would have gotten a deed or something from them. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize I was in for that kind of wait. So that's, <laughs> sorry. That's, that's <laughs> Maybe well, it won't be that long in your case. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. Um, and so we just talked quiet title, right? Our right. quiet claim deed. Um, the one thing that's really close in almost least one letter difference is a quit claim deed. Correct. Um, Maybe describe what a quit claim is and uh, what people use this thing for and, and yeah, what you guys do with that. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. Um, a quick claim deed is just the sellers giving you whatever the interest they have in the property. They're not guaranteeing you it's clear. They're just transferring it to you. Whatever's on the property is yours. And a lot of people will do that if they, sometimes they get the property because they did work for the people and the people don't want to pay them. They'll say, we'll just give you the deed to this house. You know, so they'll do a quick claim deed or a lot of, um, um, some, um, Foreclosure companies will do um, special or limited warranty deed, which is the same thing. They're only guaranteeing the time that they're entitled. Yeah. And they're probably doing this because of the cost, right? For closing? Um, no, it doesn't save you any money to do it that way. They just don't want to, because when you do a general warranty deed, the seller is guaranteeing you the title's clear okay. for the last 42 years. Quick okay. claim deed, if the, guy's, if the person's only entitled for 10 or 15 minutes or a week, that's the only time they're guaranteeing you for that week. So it doesn't mean you can't get title insurance to cover you. It just, that's just the deed they're giving you. Yeah. So the times that I've used quit claim deeds is when I'm deeding from myself to one entity to another or something where I'm not as concerned about that. Cause I know I've had the deed checked when I originally purchased the properties when I normally use it. 
Yes. One thing to keep in mind, though, is if you had an owner's policy when you bought it, you've cut off that owner's policy if you quit claim it. Okay. Just because the owner's is to you personally, and now you've quit claimed it, which means you're not giving any guarantees from your LLC to you or from you to your LLC. Yeah. So the owner's policy is, is done. Something to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah. So if you do a general warranty deed from yourself to your LLC, your owner's policy will still cover you. Right. Okay. Um, so you do quick claim deeds, you do quiet claim, quiet deeds. Uh, what other things does title companies do? Um, we can do notes, mortgages, land contracts. Um, our attorney can do those. Um, we do any documents necessary to be able to transfer the clear title, um, closing statements. Um, if there's a lender involved, we get all the lender's documents, make sure they send us everything they need, make sure there's a note mortgage, make sure they're all correct. Um, yeah. and we verify all of that. Okay. So anything around moving, correct, moving title, changing title, being, doing any of that sort of stuff. Right. And, correct. Yes. And you, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, like you guys are very comfortable with working with like assignment contracts, um, and, and moving stuff around because some title companies won't do it. Just yeah, we do split HUDs, um, assignments, ABs, BCs. Um, this just popped in my head because, uh, you know, just from what we were talking about, because it's not even one of our questions, but um, uh, double closes. Do you guys do that? And how is there a timeline you have to do between the one close and the second close? If you want the um, the C buyer to fund the whole thing, they have to close the same day. Okay. And they have to both be cash. So, so that's the, our requirement. The B buyer, do they have to come up with the cash as well? No. Okay. Not as long as they're both cash and closing the same day. Okay. But if there's an extra day, then one has to close cash. Right. Or yeah. if there's a lender on the end, they will expect both of them to stand on their own. Gotcha. So if it was cash and cash, and you, or if it was cash, it could be a little easier. Gotcha. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, because we have a lot of uh, Canadians listening here, um, Canadian notary, is that cool? <laughs> yes. We just have to be able to verify that the notary is licensed in the province that they signed in. Okay. There's so there's a website the, that we go to. So there's a website you go. I was going to say, uh -huh. like, you need, because I'm like, I've never really provided any additional proof of the the guy. So you check them out afterwards. And that's yes. how it kind of yeah, works. We just make sure that notary is licensed in whatever province they signed in. Cool. And in the, um, for, for even myself, when I'm closing, is there any way that I can make your life easier whenever I'm doing this? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just the upfront stuff, as far as a lot of times we spend a lot of time looking for phone numbers or trying to reach out to people to get phone numbers. Cause we don't get them up front. Gotcha. Um, and that's a big thing that we struggle with is, um, we have email addresses, but a lot of people don't watch their email you know, unless you're doing this for a living, you don't want your email and you may just check in the evening. And so then we've wasted a whole day trying to get a hold of somebody by email when we could have just picked up the phone. Yeah. Gotcha. I get it. Um, um, all points title only Ohio, or do you guys do any, any other States? Um, um, we do all of Ohio and we can also do Kenton and Campbell County in Kentucky, but only with title insurance. The okay. attorney down there does not issue attorney's opinions. So if the buyer's getting title owner's title insurance, we can do it. If not, we can only do Ohio. Gotcha. Okay. 
I was always curious because you guys are, um, and for anyone who's listening to this, they're located in Hamilton, Ohio, which is like over by Cincinnati. Um, so I was like, you're not that far from a lot of borders. So there's, there could be yeah, exactly, exactly. And we have a um, national notary company that we use Okay. that um, will send a notary to anyone in the United States for people to sign. Yep. Um, so it's very easy for us to be anywhere and still close in the state of Ohio. So what about mobile notary? Um, that's the mobile notary company. That oh, we oh, okay. Oh, sorry, no, not mobile. Right. I, that's the wrong word I was using. Um, remote online notary. Uh, yeah, that's what I was okay. looking yes. for. <laughs> yes, the remote online notary. You just have to be um, a U.S. citizen mm. to be able to do it. And then um, you can, don't have to be in the country. You just have to be a U.S. citizen. And then we can do a remote online notary. The only thing is most lenders don't recognize remote online notaries yet. So it has to be a cash sale. Okay. Well, then if you're doing cash, you could do DocuSign. You really don't need the notary anyway. Right, the buyer can DocuSign. The seller can't, but if the seller's out of the country, we can use the remote online notary or um, they would have to take it to an American consulate or and get an apostille, depending on what country they're in. I wonder if that's like an Ohio thing or if it's just that some other title company wasn't doing their work properly. Because I have <laughs> I did a closing a few months ago in a different state and I did remote online notary and I'm Canadian, right? I, I have a Canadian passport. Um, so I'm like, I don't know if maybe they, if it's different or it's Ohio underwriter. Okay. Well, I think it's Ohio hasn't recognized remote online notaries except for us citizens at this point. Okay. Yeah. I think it's in the process. They just still haven't passed it yet. Gotcha. Last, the last question I got on the sheet, I think we fired through all of this, but any, uh, any stories, any weird stuff that you've ever found doing this? We actually had fun trying to come up with some stuff. <laughs> we, um, we had, it, this was years ago. We had a um, bank foreclose yeah. and we went to close it. And this is when they used to require surveys. The bank had only mortgaged half the house. So okay. they could only sell half the house. <laughs> what? <laughs> because they only foreclosed on half the house. They can, can't only foreclose on the port that, part that they mortgage and the title company that closed for them missed the other lot number. The house straddled two lots. Oh, and they only put the one lot on the mortgage. So the bank only mortgaged the one lot and then they can only foreclose on what they owned or what they mortgaged. I'm not sure how that one got resolved. They ended up pulling it from us. Um, and I'm not sure how that got resolved. <laughs> yeah, how would you do it? Like, cause yeah, it'd be, it'd be a mess. You'd have to approach the people that still own the other lot and ask them to sign a deed. Of course they were foreclosed on. So I don't know that they would be very apt to help you. And you would also try a quiet title action, but I don't know how you get that one done since you didn't mortgage it, how you would force a judge into granting you the other half of the property <laughs> and see what the people would be willing to take to sign a deed, I guess. Oh, that, that I'm not sure how like that a... one got resolved. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not there. Um... Yeah, we've had people in prison. Um, those are always interesting. Um. We had uh, one where the guy was selling and um, didn't realize his ex-wife was still in title and she wouldn't sign a deed unless she was paid money. So that was a little interesting because she was still owed outstanding child support, although she didn't have a lien, but so that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, a similar thing with the prison. I had, uh, I was buying a property in Alabama and uh, we were like, okay, we're, and the, the neighbor was going to sell us part of their land because we had a, a land, a line issue, property line issue. And uh, we went to the neighbors and uh, she's like, yeah, I'll sell you the land. No problem. And then we went to close it. Title company checks it all out. And they go, um, 
there's two people they're supposed to sign for this, the husband and the wife. And they're like, well, we've only heard this wife. And so we go back to her and like, you need your husband to sign. And she's like, he went for a pack of smokes five years ago and we haven't seen him. And that happens more than you think. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we had to hire a private investigator and we found him in prison. That was, that's where he was. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. We had a lady tell us she was unmarried. And then once we got into it, we realized her name had changed from what she was selling to how she took title. And then she finally admitted that she got married, but she hadn't talked to him in 20 years. <laughs> she didn't know where he was. We ended up finding him and getting him to sign. But yeah, she, uh, she finally admitted that she was actually married and, you know, hadn't talked to him in a long time. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely, um, never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. You know what? It just popped in my head too. Um, cause well, a lot of times when you're buying a property, you'll go and open escrow, right? Um, right. you put a earnest money deposit down, uh, to secure the property. Um, from my understanding that makes it so no one else can buy the property. You're going to have rights because the escrow has been opened. Is that correct? Uh, technically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a new thing that some of the investors have started filing in the counties now. Um, uh, affidavit of earnest money or um, just saying that they've signed a contract with the people. Okay. Um, I don't know that if someone else had given earnest money where that would supersede that or override the fact that they're already under contract with somebody else. Yeah, it gets interesting. Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I, the reason I brought that up, I another thing in Alabama, I had the same sort of issue, opened escrow and I thought I had rights to it. And then they, the bank foreclosed on it and sold it out from under me to somebody else, even though I'm waiting for the, the closing date. So. Oh uh, yeah. It doesn't stop a foreclosure at all. Yeah. So I was very disappointed. I really wanted that one. Anyway. Yeah. yeah the only thing to stop the foreclosure is to close and send the money in, unfortunately. Uh, anyway. Um. Sue, um, let's talk a little bit about All Points Title, uh, where you guys are, what, what I guess we kind of covered, what you guys cover Ohio and a little bit of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, maybe give a, give a spiel where, how do we find you online, add email address so that people can uh, come use you? Because like I said, this is my favorite uh, title company. That's why this is the only title company that's ever been on the podcast after five and a half years of a weekly show. This is the first one. <laughs> oh, thanks, Glenn. Yeah. Um, we have a website. It's um, www.aptitles.com. Um, and there's pictures of all of us on there. Um, titles, right, with an S? Yes, with an S.com. Yep. And there's pictures of all the employees on there. There's um, links to all of our email addresses, all of our phone numbers and phone numbers and stuff, or hours, I should say. Yeah. Um, my dog actually comes to work with me every day. He's sleeping <laughs> on my desk right now. And his picture's on our website as well. <laughs> um, oh, no, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, if you guys are purchasing in Ohio, like they can do anywhere in Ohio, right? Like if you're buying in Cleveland, you could still do this? Yes. Yeah, we cover all 88 counties in the state of Ohio, yes. Yeah. So they can help you on all this stuff. And they're much more thorough and honestly a lot better to work with than um, a lot of companies out there um the communication is good so uh this is that's that's my referral i don't get paid nothing so <laughs> Thanks, <Glenn. laughs> so sue thank you for coming on the show uh hopefully you get some business out of this uh, i know you get provide a lot of information that i think a lot of people understand the title a lot more than they did before so i really appreciate it no problem ever want me on again let me know will do that was a nice video bye